0: triangle tire tires for life presents dave's corner garage the following is a paid program opinions on the show are always expressed with a certain joie de vivre please consult a doctor before listening as laughter can be infectious buckle in everyone it's time to get this show on the road Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your top-down, wind-in-your-hair, Saturday morning automotive thrill ride. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but right now, love us on Zoomer Radio. yee Now, that was me. Good
1: boy. That was me, but in fact, you may hear that real thing right through your little headphones on that speaker on your car dashboard because... Brian, Brian Max is in Woodward, on Woodward Avenue in Detroit City. The Motor City. Brian, take it away. Well, yeah, Al, I'm
2: I'm a couple, uh, couple yards off Woodward Avenue, and this Dream Cruise thing is something I've never experienced before. Just incredible machinery driving up and down Woodward from the city. I'm up in Birmingham, which is, I don't know, about 20 miles north of the city, and you'll hear cars burning out while we're doing the show today. It is an incredible
1: experience. So, Crescent, does it start right at the bottom? Like, how many miles does the, the cruise actually carry on for?
2: It goes all the way up to Pontiac, um, and people are driving whatever they 've got up and down woodward and and of course it 's the kind of environment where you can do burnouts it's It, it is unbelievable they 're doing burnouts across intersections on woodward avenue i 've never never seen anything like this
1: So the police turn their their heads the other way or 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 is there a lack of con <laughs> constellarity? anyways? No, you
2: know what? I've seen a lot of police around, and they'll they'll tolerate a certain amount. But I I think what they try to uh, eliminate is the high speed driving. So right, right. Um, I'm not sure how much longer this is going to be permitted in the modern world. But I'm glad I'm here and, and experiencing it.
1: Well, you know, uh, speaking of police cars, believe it or not, you know, there's a a particular kind of guy gal who who still. Thinks police cars of old, I'm talking Crown Vics, etc., um, are, are a cool kind of thing, and, and and they actually keep them alive when there's a club. And our friend Jared Stark's going to be on the show with us because they they nickname these people the Panther people. And if you want to find out why they're called the Panther people, you better stick around because he's going to be coming up. Who else we got on today?
2: Uh, well, we've got we've got the police joining us. Uh, PC Sean Shapiro. He's doing a little safe driving stuff. And, uh, and, of course, we have uh, our friend Rob McLeese from uh, Pebble Beach, or Pebble Beach, <laughs> Cobble Beach uh, Concours de uh, up in uh, Owen Sound, which is coming up in September.
1: Exactly. So the full range, the full gamut. Um, uh, Brian, in, in front of you, did you, are there older cars? What's the range of the years of the vehicles that are driving there?
2: Uh Everything. Literally everything. Um, I've I've seen I've seen you know vintage hot rods uh, to right now I'm staring at a brand new Ford GT. Um, I've seen brand new Ferraris. I've seen vintage Ferraris. Um, uh, one of my favorites, a '64 Cadillac convertible just drove by. Um, I'm I'm kind of in heaven.
1: Is it all like pimped out?
2: Uh, there's there's everything. There's perfectly restored cars. There's there's you know resto mods. Um, there's all kinds of hot rods. Um, there's a, do you know what a Unimog is, Al? There's a Unimog. I do. I, I do. See.
1: I do. I worked I worked for a Volkswagen dealer a million years ago, and we had a Unimog. It, they use it for plowing snow. <laughs>
2: That doesn't surprise me. It is definitely one of those things. Very, uh, very utilitarian, this thing. But, but yeah, there's um, everything you can imagine here.
1: But, but I, I tell you what really impressed me when a guy showed up in a suit carrying an attache, attache case, and that was the mechanic that came specially from Mercedes just to do an oil change on the Unimog. No kidding. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> and
2: and I'm, I'm sure it took 20 liters of, uh, of oil to
1: do. I'm sure it did. All right, we're going to have to take a break, and uh, we're going to come back. It'll be you and me. We'll talk a little bit more about the Woodward Dream Cruise. And, of course, uh, I, you know, question. Everybody is they're telling us we're going electric, but I'm seeing more and more stuff on YouTube and on the Internet about people who are not very happy with their EVs. We'll talk about that right after this break. This is Dave's Corner Garage.
2: Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max. I'm not in studio, but I'm at the Woodward Dream Cruise. And covering the studio is my pal, Alan Gellman. Al, what's going on this week in the world of cars?
1: You know what I, I I for some reason on my i am an old guy, so I use Facebook as opposed to you younger folks that use Twitter and all the rest of those that I don't even know the names of, but I keep seeing this guy Grossman, I think is his name he's an English guy, and he keeps talking about um a, a milk cart a milk sled or something and I, I thought, what the heck is a milk sled? Well, <laughs> what a milk sled is is in in England in London specifically, they used to use electric trucks. Or, for uh, for delivering milk, and he's now equating every kind of electric vehicle. He's calling them milk cart because he absolutely hates them. I've seen him in, you know with with at least five or six different electric cars, and he's going, it's a bunch of crap, you know. It's, <laughs> he really hates them. Now his big issue, as far as I see, is is with the fact that everybody lies about how many kilometers they can get. Per tank full of electricity. What have you found uh,
2: there's you know what, there's a lot of that, Al. I've I, I've finally been stuck with an with an E V in one of those range anxiety situations. Uh-huh. And it's it it was it was unpleasant because I had to make a decision. Basically, do I do I turn around and go home or do I go to my friend's house and plug in this you know, the F one fifty Lightning, right. Which would have taken probably eight hours to charge. So it, it, it the, what I what I have found is there's some there's there's still some issues with the charging network it's not fully resolved it's not as reliable as a gas station you know you can count on a gas station pretty much everywhere you go but with EV charging when you're on the road it's not quite the same. I think it makes sense for city cars right now but as a as a day-to-day car not so much and um, I don't know if you caught in the news uh, last week, There was a gentleman who, I think, bought an F-150 Lightning in Winnipeg and wanted to drive to Chicago. (laughs) uh,
1: Yes, yes, yes.
2: Did you hear about that? So he gave gave up even uh, like a third of the way into the journey, maybe, and rented a gasoline-powered truck instead.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think he's he, right. And in the end, he tried to get rid of it altogether. He was really, really ticked off. As a matter of fact, you see, one of the big things, too, that that we're not talking about here, certainly electric people aren't talking about, is right now our electricity costs are fixed, okay, in terms of I think the government regulates the how much they can charge us for electricity. But the guy in England was talking about how it took him 25% longer to get to where he was going And and it costs, because electricity costs are higher than diesel, you know, 25% or 50% more than if he'd used a petrol vehicle. So he's going, so how did I save any money?
2: Exactly and and, and uh, I had viewers on on my YouTube channel say the same thing electricity costs um, in Europe are completely different and it's not saving them any money we're in a we're in a unique position right now anyway in North America where charging electricity rates, kind of makes sense and there's a little bit of an advantage but i mean it even with our lower electricity rates the the ROI on you know buying for example an F150 Lightning versus uh, an F150 with the EcoBoost for example it it takes Eight years or nine years to to break even on the, on the increased cost of the EV version of the F one hundred and fifty. So, it, it, it I think you've got to be in a special situation if you're going to use an EV. And I think we're starting to see that because um, across the board in North America, we're starting to see EV inventories, new car EV inventories, starting to creep up. So, the consumers are not buying them uh, with the, uh, the the ways uh, in the way that manufacturers have anticipated.
1: Yeah, I mean, actually, I got to send you the link. There was a story about a guy, same thing in England, who'd bought a Taycan. And uh, <laughs> all he's talking is, is how much money he's actually lost now because he has the <laughs> Taycan. And it, it, as much as, you know, it does drive like a Porsche and, and it drives nice, but it, it's it's now going it to cost me more money to operate than the, the gas version of, you know, a similar car. And when he wanted to go, Sell it because he didn't like it anymore. Its value had now dropped to half, which he was really ticked because they said one of the benefits of owning an electric vehicle is that it will hold its value for many many years and not depreciate at all. That's not the case either. I'm going to assume because especially now that cars are available, right?
2: That's right, and and you know the the Taycan and 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 some other models. A lot of Teslas. There's a there's a lot of inventory right now. So of course you know the. The used car values on on those are dropping, and you know it's it's they're not it, it, as approachable as gasoline powered cars right now, so you know I, i'm not i'm not surprised i think we're going to start seeing this e v market softening even though there are plenty of interesting e v s out there and you know for 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 gearheads like us there's nothing quite like uh, a, a lovely a lovely gasoline powered motor
1: well, of course. And I mean, even if you are a hobbyist and even if you are interested, um, it, it seems that if you're going to get an electric car, you have to be part of some kind of community that way. You have to be think because it's not just a matter of I don't have to think I can just on every corner. There'll be a fill up place, you know, like like gas stations. And that's not the case. You have to be constantly aware of what's going on. I mean, thankfully, the technology is there. Like I, I spoke to a, a guy who had a Tesla. He drove up from New Jersey. And he said, oh, the, the screen tells you exactly. Here's how much you got, and here's where the stations are. And then if you ignore it, it'll come up and say, yo, buddy, are you paying attention here? Because you better get some electricity, otherwise you're going to be on the side of the road. So it's there, but you have to be cognizant of it. You, know, you just can't be you know, drinking your timmys and just driving down the road because next thing you know, you're out of juice.
2: Yes, and, and your car turns into uh, from a car into a brick, so <laughs> you know it's 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 not a it's not a great situation. And uh, it, just in my case, because I'm 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 testing um, EVs, you know, once a month or whatever, mm-hmm. I've got uh, eight apps on my phone for EVs.
1: Yeah, well, we'll talk about actual kilowatt amperage that, that that your charger says it's charging that, but in reality, not after a bit. Anyways, we've got PC Sean Shapiro next. He's uh, I don't know where he is, but he's driving a Ford Guaranteed, and uh, they're trying to teach some driving skills to young drivers who apparently have the highest incident rate of accidents. I don't know if you can believe that, but, you know, I mean, part of it, too, is drinking and smoking and carrying on, but some of it is just lack of attention. At any rate, we got to run. We'll be right back.
2: Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max, not in Toronto, but the, the Woodward Dream Cruise. Alan Gelman's manning the studio, and joining us on the phone is PC Sean Shapiro. Good morning, Sean. Good morning.
3: How you guys doing?
1: We're doing great. Actually, we were reminiscing earlier about driving Crown Victoria's, and I was always talking about the dreaded yellow one in my mirror, eh? <laughs>
3: I, you know, I never drove the, the yellow ones, but uh, I do miss them. And all the stories that I never got to experience about uh, Americans getting in and thinking they were taxis.
1: <laughs> all right. Apparently, uh, on a serious side, motor vehicle collisions are the leading cause of death among Canadians under the age of 24, according to the Traffic Injury Justice Foundation. The main factor is what?
3: Well, there's inexperience. There, there's a lack of training. There's all sorts of things. But that's what uh, I'm involved with today, Ford Driving Skills for Life. is taking place at the uh, Toronto Congress Centre, and we're here as new and young drivers are getting an opportunity to learn from professional drivers and instructors on a course out in cars. They're driving Mustangs and Ford Edges, and uh, they're learning everything from what it's like to lose control to uh, what it's like to drive under the influence by way of using fatal vision goggles.
1: So basically, you're taking it to the next level, because I I remember, I mean, I I learned to drive at Jack's driving school, which was dad, of course, Um, but but, but when my, my, my kids learned to drive, my wife said, oh, they're going to professional driving school, which... Dad was paying for now, um, but this is that—that's only basic kind of things, eh? And, and but this is like certainly you wouldn't be doing panic stops and whatnot at a regular driving school.
3: Well, here's the thing: this doesn't replace driving school. This is a different experience. It's all hands-on, and it's been working with police because we're we're here talking about impaired driving, uh, and and then there's even a booth that deals with texting and driving, distracted driving, where they put kids in a car, young people in a car, put a phone in their hand, and say, okay, text mom while you do this phone course. And then we watch them fail miserably. It's fantastic. And, uh, you know, this is not a replacement for the, uh, for the driving school. This is an opportunity to learn totally different skills and, uh, and make you a safer driver for life. Right. Well, this is the this is sort of the, the kind of thing I've
2: been teaching most of my adult life, and and you know, Sean's absolutely right. It doesn't replace driving school because that's you know that's a, a, the situation where where new drivers need to learn the rules of the road and 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 how all of that works. This is this is a slightly upgraded kind of uh, driving school where where people really get to understand vehicle dynamics, and in those emergency situations, unless you've had experience in. In that kind of environment, you don't know how the car is going to react. So I'm a hundred percent an advocate for what they're
3: out there learning this weekend. And, and I got to mention that this is entirely free, nobody's taking any money for this. Ford Foundation funds Ford Driving Skills for Life. They do this because they care about those people and uh, out on the road and want to make it safer for everybody else. They, they're doing it this weekend in Toronto, next weekend they're going to be in Edmonton, and uh, they do this in 40 countries. Uh, we just happen to have the benefit of being here in Toronto.
1: You know, I think it's great that, that drivers have the opportunity, not young drivers anyways, or new drivers, get the opportunity to do this. But, you know, for me, as, as I drive into the show or drive around town, I, I I just think that so many people are preoccupied. You know, the, the car is not, they're not piloting the car. The car is really just getting them from A to B. And, 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 and they get bored, so they'd be texting or doing everything else. How do you get people to actually show up at this show who, who are,
3: you know, these, whoop, look
1: out, car coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: the Mustang track, uh, losing I, traction. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing.
1: See, I didn't know if that was coming out of Brian's microphone because somebody's doing a burnout <laughs> on Woodward Avenue or somebody, is, is Sean's life imminently uh, at, at risk here. Um, but, but what about those drivers who just, again, it's, it's just to get me from A to B and they don't care. Well, how do we get those people's interest?
3: Well, you know, it's funny you say that. A caring is really a big component. It's too bad we can't measure that before issuing a driver's license. Because if you don't care, you shouldn't be driving. Uh, if you're going to get behind the wheel of a, a potential weapon, right. uh, you, you know, you you you've got to be switched on. And if uh, if this is uh, something that you just want to be a passenger and be on your phone, use transit. Don't get behind the wheel of a car.
1: I wish uh, I wish the lady that was on her phone on the 401 last week in a storm in the middle lane on her phone. I was like. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I wish I had a big push bumper on the front of my car, I'll tell you.
3: Well, you know, it's funny. It, it, we do enforcement. And, of course, distracted driving comes with a wonderful fine of $615. It comes with a three-day suspension, a three-day, uh, uh, we call it, uh, uh, 3 demerit points on your first conviction. And there are people who get multiple convictions. It's not like they're learning necessarily. So what do we do? We have to up the ante. And there's discussions about doing things like impounding vehicles for distracted driving. I'd love to see those increased measures because safety is the absolute priority on our roads. And if people, uh, again, don't want to participate in driving safely, they shouldn't drive.
1: I kind of wonder, though, myself, I mean, as much as you and I talk about it, um, you know, it's not like you see adverts or warnings that say, put down your phone or else. You know, I, I think that should be more visible. There should be more signs up that say, number one stay out of the left lane <laughs> but number two stay off your phone you know put her down park it we don't want we, you shouldn't be paying attention to
3: it we issue a tremendous number of tickets for distracted driving uh, so you think that they were they were getting out the cost. but you know what, maybe we need more advertising that's what we do we ask a traffic cop and uh, social media
1: exactly ask a traffic cop sean where do they find you
3: trafficoff.ca will take you to all of our social media platforms. Follow us everywhere.
1: All right, cool. And is there any seats left in these Ford does uh, Skill
3: School? You know, sadly, there were 324 spots. We, uh, that, that booked up very quickly. We have 1,000 people on the wait list. If someone has signed up and not showing up, hopefully they cancel before the event because it'll, the next person in line will get notified, but we have totally overbooked.
1: All right, John, thanks very much for taking the time, and please look out for those drivers because... I, I'm not even there, and the the noise is scaring the crap out of me.
3: <laughs> I'm fortunately wearing earplugs, listening to you, so I'm I'm good. All right, bud. It's uh, ha- a pleasure, guys. Take care. Thanks
1: you too. Have a great weekend. We'll be right back.
2: Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max. Not in studio, but I'm at the Woodward Dream Cruise. In studio, it's Alan Gellin. And joining us on the line is Rob McLeese from Cobble Beach Concours d'Elegance. And it's kind of car week all over the place, but Cobble Beach has a bunch of stuff. Rob, tell us a little bit more.
4: Well, thanks, Brian. Uh, We have a wonderful weekend coming. It's September 15, 16, and 17. On the Friday, we have the participants tour. On the Saturday, we have the cars and coffee. If your car is 25 years or older, you can register for that. And it's on the main street of Owen Sound, Second Avenue East, between eighth and tenth streets. At two o'clock, we have two seminars. One is the uh, evolution of the nine eleven. The other one is Buick, the history of Buick Design by the top Buick designer in North America and worldwide from General Motors. It's gonna be oh, both that's, of them uh, are gonna that's be very uh,
2: good. bob, isn't it?
4: Bob Boniface is North America and Sharon Gouchy is worldwide. She's Bob's boss. Gosh. So the Gosh. two of them they're gonna we're gonna have a back and forth. It'll be really fun at the Roxy Theater, uh, on ninth street in Owen Sound at two PM. And then we also have Concours Lamont, which are the fun cars, the really fun cars that are going to be over on First Avenue West by the Tom Thompson Gallery in the river district at Owen Sound, and that starts at eleven thirty and goes till about three thirty. So there's something for everybody there on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we have the Concours d'Elegance, where we're celebrating 120 years of Buick, 75 years of Porsche, 70 years of Corvette, 60 years of 911, and 60 years of Lamborghini. Now, that's a lot of celebrations, so get ready, because there are some very interesting cars. There are two 350 GT Lamborghinis that were in the first year of production of Lamborghini. That's going to be fun. You're going to see a lot of things that you wouldn't normally see. We have a couple Duesenbergs coming from the U.S. We have a 1938 Peugeot 402 Darlmat Special Sports Roadster uh, from the U.S., which is an amazing car. Obviously, Peugeot is a French car, but this is owned by a U.S. collector. And then we've got some just fantastic cars. The Buick Turbo GNX, one of 547 McLaren-prepared Buicks. Uh, Again, a very rare car. We have a 1966 Porsche 906 Carrera 6 that won the Targa Florio in 1966, and it's basically been hidden away for 50 years. This is its debut again in the last 50 years.
1: We now, have a, Let me ask you, are these all runners? They're all runners, okay. every single one of them. Okay, and is it part of the actual, you know, when the... Judging is taking place. Does, does the actual ability of one of these fancy cars to actually start and run well, part of the the, uh, the judging? Analysis, yes, it sure is. It sure is. They all have
4: to run. They, in order to win an award, they have to be able to drive across the uh, award stage. So right. the only exception are some of our really high-end race cars. Uh huh. And the 906 is a display-only car because it's a private collection. But it's such a rare car, we felt it was important to show it. Mm -hmm. One of the other things, the prototype cars, the concept cars, we have Harley Earl's 1951 LeSabre concept that's coming from the General Motors Heritage Center. It's a very rare car, very unusual and very interesting looking. We have Bill Mitchell, who is the successor to Harley Earl. Mm -hmm. We have his 1956 Buick Century X, which had over 150 options including 360-degree rotating front seats. Mm-hmm. like It's got so many options, it'll blow your mind. It's very interesting. And then finally, we have the 2022 Buick Wildcat EV concept car, which very few people get to see. It was at the Canadian International Auto Show in February, who were one of our sponsors, but it's owned by the GM Heritage Centre, and the designers allowed us to bring it up as part of our 120-year celebration of Buick.
1: My dad had a '69 Wildcat. I thought that was a pretty cool car. Oh, they're great. Those, those were the those were the bankers' uh, uh, hot rods. And that was the fastest car I had ever driven up until that point. And I oh, I yeah. won't tell you how fast I was going on the 401. But those suckers didn't stop or handle very well. I'll tell you. No, no, straight line they were great. <laughs> exactly. So uh, so there's three days of events, right now to be. Yeah. The participants tour, I mean, these are actually people who are showing cars. They get to go on this tour? Yes. And the participants, so you get to, if you're
4: not a participant, you can be somewhere on the route and get to see a lot of these cars in motion. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the cars is a George Barris, 1963 Buick Riviera Concept. That was George's personal car for 20 years. George Barris is the the creator of cars like the Batmobile kit, remember from the uh, series? Yep. And he's done so many concept cars that are really original. You'll, people will get a kick out of seeing that, I think. Right.
2: Yeah, that, that is absolutely fantastic. Um, I've, uh, Rob, I've been to Bob Boniface's Cars in My Yard, which is, uh, oh, I don't yeah. know if you've yeah, had yeah. a chance to attend, but it's an incredible show where he brings, uh, he brings people with very interesting cars to his yard uh, every summer.
4: I have not attended our registrar has has told me it's phenomenal and Bob Boniface being Buick designer you would think well he's going to be all GM no his dad was a Ferrari collector and he still has a lot of those Ferraris
2: <laughs> Yes I have I've seen them up close and and uh, his entire family is uh, is into uh, into cars and and of course they love their their alphas any any uh, are you participating any alphas at the show
4: you know what? It's, that's a disappointment for me. We don't have any alphas, but we do have the head designer of Stellantis, of Chrysler, coming as one of our honorary judges. That's Ralph Scheel and his wife, Doris. Who will be, she'll be judging fashions that are being worn by the participants to go with their cars and also the attendees. Oh, cool. So oh, that, there's something that's for everybody. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that, that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like a Kentucky Derby of the car world. But it's our Canadian version.
1: All right. So, question: I mean, to to view the uh, the concours, um, do you buy tickets? And if so, how do you get them? You buy tickets. You go to Cobble Beach
4: Concours, C O N C O U R S dot com. Mm-hmm. So, go Cobble com, and just it's on buy your tickets online. You can buy them at the gate. Um, it's a the charities that we support are the Own Sound Regional Hospital Foundation,
0: mm-hmm. and
4: we also support the Sunnybrook uh, Hospital Foundation. And we've raised 864000 for those charities in our first eight years. So we're feeling very good about it. But we'd like to do more, and we keep trying hard. But uh, it's, it's been a good run so far.
1: It's great you guys are doing it. You know, always hear how important, well, we know how important it is, but we hear the problems they're having, you know, regional hospitals with oh. with, with funding and with getting equipment, um, that's, and that's what you're trying to do. That's exactly what we're trying to do.
4: One other quick car for you sure. is the 1935 Rolls-Royce Phantom II fixed-head coupe that was owned by Nicholas Cage, and he drove it in the Sorcerer's Apprentice. If you look at about 30, about minute 30 or 31 of The Sorcerer's
1: Apprentice, you'll see him driving that car through the streets. You know what? I I, I got a a real appreciation. I was watching the Pickers show, the American Pickers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they ran into a a Madam X, I think it was called, which was was, was this one-off Cadillac or something. And it was like they they couldn't stop talking about it. and, uh, and, And that's the kind of vehicles that you're having at your show. That's exactly what we have at our show. Madame X was a
4: V16 Cadillac. It was a superb vehicle, and that's exactly the kind of cars that we have. We have a 27 Bugatti coming. We have a 1935 SS1 Airline Saloon. Mm-hmm. I'm sure not too many of us have heard or seen one of those things. No, They're really special.
1: I'm sure, yeah, I mean, half the cars you're talking about, you know, poor old Al doesn't know any of those, I mean... I was a Chevy guy, in a, uh, <laughs> but it sounds a, it sounds amazing. Question, the, the GNX, is that a Grand National? Yes, it is. It is, but it was, it was uh, spe-
4: customized by McLaren, 574 oh. special versions, so it's super high output.
1: Okay, almost sort of like a Cobra. That's exactly what it is. Same That's, idea. Like, still has the same body as the, as the GNX. Ah, sleeper. <laughs> All right, one more time. If people want to get tickets, how do they do that?
4: com. so concourse without the E.
1: All right, and if you're driving a lemon and you want to bring it up on the Friday or Saturday, oh. you're welcome to do that, too.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. We, we love and embrace all cars of any type,
1: style, vintage. We love it. So it's That's not Le Mans, like it's Lemon. It's Lemons. <laughs> it's Lemons. <laughs> all right, great. Brian?
2: Uh, well, I did. I did race the 24 Hours of Lemons once and, and did okay. But uh, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to the to, to the event this year, Robin. And it's incredible what you guys have been able to accomplish. And it's it's a really special thing. I, I you know I think we're maybe underselling it here a little bit. It is an incredible show, and I hope uh, a lot of our listeners make it out.
1: It sounds great, and and he has the magic touch. He's able to turn lemons into lemonade. That's right. <laughs> Rob, have a great okay. show, and uh, hopefully, we'll get up to see it. Take care of yourself. Guys, thanks so much. Pebble Beach is tomorrow, Cobble Beach is in a month. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, after the break, we're going to be talking to Jared Stark, and you're going to find out what Panther people are. Uh, what's the other? Oh, I forgot. Oh, um, I'll, f- I'll remember after we get off air. But, uh, anyways, this is Davis Corner Garage. We'll be right back. <laughs>
2: Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max, not in studio, but at Woodward Dream Cruise, and manning the studio is Alan Gelman, of course. We've got Jared Stark, who is a filmmaker behind a new film about those interesting folks who love their Crown Vics. Jared, how are you?
1: Good. How are you guys? We're doing great. Um, you know, it, it, people aren't aware of the fact that you know the whole car business, or to call it car car whole car culture thing. You know, it runs the full gamut. You know, like we were just talking to, uh, you know, we were just talking to Rob about the, the cars up at Cobble Beach. You know, these fancy, elegant ones where people actually get dressed up to get in them and go. But at, at the other end of the spectrum is some of the people that you may find that, uh, that are Panther people. Maybe tell us what those people look like so I think that was the the whole the whole
5: point behind this film is that we we started this process first of all let me just by way of tying uh, tiny bit the background uh my partner uh, production partner and I run a commercial uh, documentary and, and commercial film production company um and we we do a lot of uh video work all the time and my partner's son had this idea because he kept seeing this um kind of neer do well uh, miscreant type guy with, uh, you know, camel pants and a cigarette hanging out of the side of his mouth and a trucker hat who would, uh, while smoking a cigarette, park his car uh, in the fire lane at the grocery store, leave his car <laughs> out front <laughs> in the fire lane. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he'd walk into the grocery store, cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And he yeah. just thought like, who is this guy? What's his story? You know, like how, how did, how did this guy uh, kind of get there? And what, what are the kinds of people that and he was driving uh, what what uh, we referred to as a P seventy one, which is the police interceptor package Crown Victoria,
0: that
5: mm-hmm. um, was made in the late nineties and two thousands, and so we had this idea for a film. Why don't we see like who are the people that drive these cars? And I think we we both had perceptions about who the average Crown Vic uh, driver at this point in time. Because keep in mind this car has been out of production for uh, well uh, since twenty eleven, so twelve years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we started. So we we uh, posted a note on one of the local Facebook pages, our Facebook groups. Pardon me, uh, just saying. Hey, we're filmmakers. We're looking to speak with people who own these cars. Uh, if you have some, uh, if you have a car like this, uh, we'd love to chat with you. Figure out who you are, why you like this car, what is it about these cars that appeals to you. And we ended up meeting people from across North America. So we we shot in California. We shot in. Uh, Florida, we shot in uh, Halifax, Vancouver, really from coast to coast and all points in between, and met people from literally all walks of life who were all uh, Crown Vic or uh, Panther P71 enthusiasts. And the only seeming commonality that all of these folks had was their love of this car. So I think, you know, throughout the film, we we look at all of these different cars and these builds and, and what, what kind of uh, inspired people to have these cars and to put money into them? And like we've we've got cars that are uh, you know running uh, superchargers and uh, or twin turbo setups that are that are putting out 600 and change horsepower. Uh, people who've done uh, coyote swaps, like the, the new, if you're uh, unacquainted, uh, the new five liter uh, dual over cam motor from Ford, you find in a Mustang or, or an F one hundred and fifty. Um, so people do swaps on these things, they race them, they restore them. There's donks with big wheels. Uh, so we, we found people really from all walks of life, former gang members, uh, you know, uh, community social workers. Uh, we talked to a couple of retired police officers, people who rent cars to film and, 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 uh, television programs. And so uh, I think, you know, we, we really, we got an interesting picture, not only of the Crown Vic drivers, but of, of kind of automotive, automotive enthusiasm as a whole. And I think that was probably the neatest thing for us making this movie is just, you know, our initial perceptions of, of who might be driving these cars um, worked for the most part off.
1: You know, it sounds really interesting. I mean, because, you know, you're thinking of here's the guy that, you know, walked into the grocery store parked in the fire lane as a rugged individualist. OK, yeah, <laughs> not, not not a guy that wants to be part of a car club, you know, right yeah, I was,
2: yeah. was going to say, there, there, there is a gentleman in my neighborhood who has a, a former uh, police Crown Vic with a big block in it. It's obvious a former uh, that it's a former police uh, car, but uh, it, it's the same kind of individual. What, what I do have to say, uh, Jared, is, of course, there's a Canadian connection because near the end of the, the production run, they were manufactured in Canada.
5: Actually, almost all of them were manufactured in Canada. And one of the people we talked to in the film is uh, Joe Preston, who was at the time the MP in charge of uh, trying to keep Ford's production facility open in St. Thomas and who is now the mayor of St. Thomas. So we we did uh, kind of explore that St. Thomas connection and and the uh you know the fact that all of these cars especially all of the P71s all came out of this St. Thomas Ontario factory and all of the infrastructure that popped up around that. And what's interesting now is the site on which the Ford Crown Victorias, Mercury Grand Marquis and Lincoln Town Cars were manufactured is now an Amazon delivery facility. So, you know, just just looking at the the macro trends and uh, how you know it, it's difficult to find high-paying manufacturing jobs in Canada anymore, uh, but certainly very easy to find uh, jobs in the fulfillment or logistics industry servicing big companies like Amazon. Um, it's uh, it, it was an interesting element to the
1: film that we do explore a little bit. Now, do they actually form a club? I mean, uh, aside from you getting them all together or talking about them all at the same time, do they actually go to club meets and and get together that way? (laughs) Why, they sure do, Alan.
0: Uh, Okay. (laughs) Um, So,
5: so, uh, Dale, my partner, uh, he became so uh, interested. He kind of embedded himself with a number of these clubs. Mm -hmm. So, uh, he's now got friends who are in in various uh, Crown Vic clubs. One of them is called the Panther Mafia, and they've got chapters literally around the country. So, uh, Dale went out and hung out with some of the Panther mafia guys and did a drive from, uh, Los Angeles into, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about some of the crazy banana stuff, especially for us Canadians who aren't used to seeing someone hanging out of the side of a car, uh, going around a skid pad, uh, you know, at, at 90 miles an hour, holding an AR 15 assault weapon, wearing a a Chucky mask, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like just crazy banana stuff that you don't necessarily see in Markham. Um, and, uh, so we, we, we talked to some of the guys from the Crown Vic, uh, sorry, from the Panther Mafia Club. We talked to the Crown Vic Boys, um, which is another organization that has uh, various chapters throughout. I think there's, a, there's at least 25 Crown Vic Boys chapters. Uh, Marty Oaks, who's kind of the go-to tuner for Crown Vics, down uh, he's a, a place called Moe's Speed Shop in, uh, in Dallas, Georgia. Wow, Uh, and he uh, he he brought the point that if you had told me ten years ago that there would be dedicated Crown Vic clubs, I would have said you're out of your mind. And that's exactly (laughs) what's happened. So you know, in in the last in the last ten years since this car has become uh, you know kind of obsolete as a as a new fleet vehicle, which obviously it was for so many years, uh, it has taken on a second life of its own, and that second life has seen it uh, you know really be picked up uh, enthusiastically by a, n- a number of people from all different walks of life all over North America and, and indeed, all over the world. So,
1: yeah. Wow. And, and Hunter Thompson, he would have been your number one, you know, uh, the, the guy to look up to as driving crazy, hanging out the door, yeah. got a reefer in the hand and uh, and, a, and a jug of jack between his legs kind of thing, eh? As your attorney, I'd advise you to buy a really fast car and drive immediately to Los. Less- <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, hopeful wishful thinking when do you think this movie finally could get actually aired so uh, that's the,
5: the we we produced this film really independently so uh-huh. uh, Dale and I financed it ourselves so the the, the route for people to see it is a little bit different than it would be with a conventional movie that's financed by a big studio. Uh, So typically what happens is we submit to various festivals, so we submitted to, we didn't get into TIFF, unfortunately, Right. Um, but we're still waiting to hear back from a a number of festivals, Lunenburg, Hamilton, uh, Sundance, and and a few others, so uh, we'll have uh, more definitive data about when, or, or um, information about when people can actually go and,
1: and see this movie. All right, Jared, I just have to weeks. jump in. Where can they find out more information about it?
5: Uh, CrownVicDoc.com is probably the easiest thing, or on Facebook. at uh, just, just just Google Crown Victoria Documentary and we're <laughs> the first thing that comes up. All
1: right, Jared, lots of I luck. I did watch, watch this short and I thought it was great, I and uh, it sounds really interesting. Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for your time, guys. All right, Thank got you. to run. Bye-bye.
2: Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max, not in studio, but at Woodward Dream Cruise, and Alan Gelman is keeping the uh, the studio under control. Al, did uh, did you hear about uh, what they're doing in Australia with fast cars?
1: Uh, no. Australia
2: <laughs> fast cars? Yeah. In
0: Austra-
2: yeah. Well, no. I mean, uh, Australia is not quite not quite like Canada. They're you know they're a little bit more adventurous, but not when it comes to cars. Okay. And uh, next year. If you have a supercar,
1: oh yes, you're going to
2: need a special license to drive it.
1: Well, it it does make sense, you know. And I got to tell you, I I just had a, a little accident, and and thankfully, well, except for a bruise on my leg, um, I got on a jet ski, which I'm not familiar with, and it was like, mm-hmm. oh no no no, it's easy, just just get on it, it'll you'll be fine. Um, except I'm looking for the shifter, and I'm going, I don't see a shifter. And I'm not wearing my right glasses. I can't read the instructions. So, so, so. guess what? I bumped into anything. I didn't cause any permanent damage. The bruise on my leg will get better. But same kind of thing. If you're not familiar with an 800-horsepower car, you think, you know, uh, if you're normally just driving a grocery getter, it's going to scare the crap out of you or you're going to kill somebody, including yourself.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's some incredibly powerful cars. I'm looking at a bunch of them right now. And if you don't have any experience, you don't go to a high performance driving school, don't handle these things. There are problems. And in fact, this law in Australia is a reaction to uh, an unfortunate crash where, where there was a fatality. And, I, you know, I, under, I understand that to a certain degree. But I mean, you know, if you own a supercar, you do have an obligation to understand how to operate it properly. And, and unfortunately, I think legislation's getting ahead of uh, personal responsibility here and, and unfortunately, I've always liked the idea of you know having a, a special driver's license to to afford you more privileges. but in this case, this license just allows you to drive your car.
1: Well, you know what, I mean, and, and if you're a super rich dude, you're not even thinking about crashing it. You go, well, well stuff happens, you know, um, and I'm entitled anyway, so I don't need to do this.
2: <laughs> That's right. And if I wreck it, I'll just buy another one.
1: Exactly. Exactly. But uh, speaking of electric cars, which we weren't, um, you drove one and you loved it. I And, and in fact, uh, you couldn't believe it, I think was the catchphrase. Who knew?
2: Yeah, well, there some some have been in, incredibly surprising. Um, uh-huh. That the 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 new Hyundai Ioniq six was a was a joy to drive. Um, that's uh, that's a episode on uh, one of the later episodes on the YouTube channel. Lovely, lovely car to drive. I really enjoyed it.
1: Although the seat was the wrong height, Brian's really a stickler for the positioning of the seat. But I guess being a driver, all that stuff works and it has to count
2: it it does. it's it's an important thing, and and you know I think if you're you know if you're six, one or six, two, you're not really going to fit well in an I- ionic six. and you know there's plenty of people who uh, who are that tall. I'm not, but um yeah, there are plenty of plenty of people that tall. and you know being a racing driver, I'm very particular about how i'm I'm seated in a car. so um yeah, it's uh, it it was a lovely car all around, and for me, it works. I think taller people might might struggle to find a a comfortable seating position
1: so now here's the question i mean most most but 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 in fact it's a ford door sedan it's not uh, a crossover or an suv which is what the majority of electric seem to be these days
2: yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and and that you know that's what, that's what I said. It's a, it's a strange thing that they didn't build this more like a crossover, and you know I'm not sure why, but um, you know with with all Hyundai EVs right now, they're very hard to get, so I, I don't think they have any trouble selling them right now. And the you know from my perspective, the best part is there is a high performance version coming, so uh, it's uh, it's part of the the Hyundai N performance brand, and there's a Hyundai Ionic Six N. Uh, coming at some point in the future that will do drifts and burnouts and all that stuff. So I'm I'm looking forward to driving that in the future.
1: Well, you may have to apply. You may they may start a special driver's license for those vehicles, <laughs> like like they did in Australia, which isn't so crazy. I mean, you let me behind the wheel of that that mock E, and uh, you know, without any kind of prep, otherwise except for the one pedal stuff you told me about. But um, when I stepped on the gas, I went, oh my god, and 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 which is the reply from the response from most people who get behind almost any electric car because of that instant torque, eh?
2: That, that's right. And, and that particular one was the, the, was the high-performance model. I can't remember what they call it. It's a uh, GT or whatever it is. But it, it does 0 to 60 in under four seconds, and anyone can do it. So you know, it's, it's, if you're coming from a slow uh, crossover into a Mach-E, you're going to be really surprised when you put the, the pedal to the floor.
1: Do you see any electric cars going up on up Woodward?
2: Um, well, I don't think they're part of the drive. I think, I've seen some ratty Teslas driving around. <laughs> okay. um, but right, right now I'm looking at an Impala SS. You remember the one from the '90s? There's just some incredible eye candy here at Woodward Dream Cruise.
1: Yeah, no, I was asking uh, our guest earlier about the GNX because uh, I knew somebody who was a big Grand National fan, and and we actually I I, I had a guy leave me one a couple a couple years ago. And it was but to, just to fix it or get parts was just impossible eh
2: yeah that that's the thing, but uh, yeah i've all already this morning out I've seen two grand nationals, and uh, they just i mean they all came in black and they just looked so sinister
1: right exactly and and they loved them because it was a sleeper car because it was the same car, of course less the turbocharger you know that 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 uh, people drove out in the suburbs and and went grocery shopping with
2: yeah, it was a, a Buick. Uh, Buick Regal, but mm-hmm. uh, in in this case it's all black and you know looks looks pretty amazing and and uh, even at the time when 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 Buick finally uh, produced this the latest Grand National it was quicker in a straight line than the Corvettes so of course within the GM uh, uh, brands the Buick folks upset the Corvette people.
1: Oh wow! All right. Well, we got to quickly rehash here. I want to thank Rob McLeese for joining us. For, uh, tell us about the Concours, de Elegance, which is uh, coming up September the seventeenth. Some great cars, not ratty ones, but really nice ones,
2: eh? Really special cars up at Cobble Beach near Owen Sound. It's going to be an
1: amazing show. And your pal Sean Shapiro, the policeman, what's he doing?
2: Uh, well, uh, Ford's got a program, and they're they're teaching teens how to how to drive a little bit better. And uh, and I could be more supportive of that. So really happy Ford and, and Sean are out there supporting
1: that endeavor. Exactly. And uh, speaking of strange people, uh, Panther people, Jared starts putting a movie <laughs> together. Um, I, I I did watch it, and you know I think uh, that James C- Dean kind of guy, uh, you know, got the cigarette up, you know, up my sleeve. All right, we got to run. We want to thank Duncan for filling in and Ashima. Uh, they're, well, one's got some experience, and one is gaining experience. But uh, I'm sure everything will work out great. Thank you for your help, Brian. Have yourself enjoy the weekend. I'm uh, got
0: to run. We'll be right. Run- see you next week, everyone.